Life Happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Ten minutes after one, welcome to the show. This is Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Modena. Ahead of Women's Day, we have a powerhouse of women who are going to be joining us today. And uh, we're really looking at young women who are shifting the needle of, of where we're going, the next frontier. These are young South Africans that we are going to be inspired by today. So I'm looking forward to a scientist. I'm looking forward to speaking to a medical doctor. I'm looking forward to speaking to a pioneer in the media industry, really. It's going to be a jam-packed show of wonderful young women as we celebrate uh, Women's Month. So looking forward to that and looking forward to your calls as well on 891 It's rather chilly here in Joburg. I hope to keep you warm. I don't know how the weather is in other places of, of the country, but Joburg is a little bit cloudy and quite windy. So we're hoping to keep you warm. We're kicking it off with one of my favorites, Dr. Adriana Murray, who I've spoken to many times before. And every single time we speak, she's on to the next thing and when i say the next thing i don't mean small i mean she's onto literally the next planet type thing so she's joining us on the line today and uh, she's a theoretical physicist and a technology and an aspiring extra terrestrial individual so what she's aspiring to be is to be a human that lives on another planet it gets further than that. She doesn't hope to come back. That's that's what her ultimate dream is. So it's always interesting talking to her, Dr. Adriana Murray. Welcome to the show and and good afternoon. Hi, Pamela. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks, thanks so, for having me today. Absolute pleasure. The last time we spoke, you were on your way to Mars. That's kind of like on, on ice for now. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. That's a little bit on ice for now. But you founded last year a thing called Proudly Human. Let's just go back and tell us a little bit more about what Proudly Human is. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think a lot of us have been following probably more bad news than we would have liked this year, but in the space industry, I've seen amazing developments. So Elon Musk, South African-born Elon Musk, the space station becoming the first private company to ever do that, and the first time NASA has launched crew from the U.S. in almost 10 years, and building a transport system to get humans to Mars in the next 10 years. So far from being on ice, things are really heating up and uh, the space industry with two rovers en route to Mars this month, the Chinese rover and the American rover and the United Arab Emirates launching a orbital mission all in the last couple of months during lockdown um, is really a tribute, I think, to where we're going um, as a society. So super exciting year for Mars and for space. Um, and back to proudly human, so it actually the, the name stuck when first I was doing an interview and said, I'm Adriana Murray and I'm partly human. Mm-hmm. And it was four Americans and they said, you're partly human? I said, no, no, proudly human. And we all had a good laugh and the name stuck. But uh, on a serious note, I think uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and anxiety more so this year perhaps than before. It's a challenging era for society, but I think we have to look back at where we've come from, look for future generations' sake to where we are going, and invigorate with an actual sense of pride about that. And that's what Proudly Human is all about. I mean, you were, you were I'm not sure how that, that plan is going about, but you were planning to go and do some research in, in Antarctica? Yes, so excitingly, I went there on a location scout last year while we were still allowed to move around. 
um, and had a bit of investigation into what will be our overwinter experiment. So as much as South Africa doesn't have an astronaut training program for those uh, young people out there listening who are interested in getting into space, however, an interesting thing, South Africa has had a long history in its research in Antarctica. So we've been one of the signatories of the Antarctic Treaty since the 50s and a long history of research there. Um, so actually from Cape Town, you can pop straight south and the next uh, place you get to is Antarctica, <laughs> so our next neighbor. Um, so there, our conditions are comparable to Mars in a lot of interesting ways. The temperatures, you know, negative 30, negative 40, negative 90 being the coldest ever measured. So from, for someone who's spent a lot of time in Durban, that does sound, sound shocking, but this is something we're going to be need, we're going to need to prepare for mentally, of course, but also technologically. So the plumbing systems, the power systems, the food systems, all of that needs to be tested in a place that's cold like Antarctica. But furthermore, the isolation of Antarctica um, is actually even more isolated than the space station, for example. You know, in the space station, you can come back uh, within around a day or so in an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. In Antarctica, when you're there for the winter, you are there for around eight months. Because you can't uh, move. It gets ice. It gets ice. And it's dark. No one can come and get you. No one can come and bring resupplies. <laughs> so the psychological aspect of spending the winter in Antarctica is a very important stepping stone to um, exploring further beyond it. So, so we hope to run that project soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say, unfortunately, I mean, everything is on lockdown now. But you, you're hoping when when would you be able to 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 go on this mission? Well, uh, as someone who doesn't like to sit around waiting yeah. too much during lockdown, I have been uh, busy preparing the more practical aspect, yes. um, building habitats. So yes. Our proudly human YouTube <laughs> channel has recently launched, so people can see more details there. Uh, getting getting my hands dirty and building stuff. Um, but excitingly for the public, we're going to launch virtually and physically when we can at the Cape Town. So for adults and kids who are interested to come and uh, look and feel at what we mean by a Martian habitat, um, we're putting up a Martian installation at the Cape Town Science Center. So uh, that's coming soon in a couple of months. We're busy building and painting and getting that ready. Um, but basically what, what we envisage is power, so solar power, wind turbines, water, Jojo tanks in this case, and atmospheric water extractors, food systems, so indoor agriculture, a habitat, a shelter in which to live. Um, and these are the aspects of what we'll set up there, all running on a blockchain-based economy. Um, so if anyone wants to see what I mean by that, then in a few months um, the public will be able to come and interact with that. But on another hand, I think maybe you've heard the, the categories of, of directions we're working in, namely mm. power, water, communication mm. systems, food. These are not only uh, objectives for space. These are devastating these still issues that we still grapple with here on Earth. And uh, in tangent to preparing highly resource-efficient systems for tough environments like Mars, uh, we hope to show that we can be more resource-efficient, moreover, that all humans can have access to the basic resources that uh, give them human dignity, human pride. Um, and we demonstrate, uh, we hope to demonstrate in the future that we can roll out cheap solar power, cheap data, cheap food production systems, cheap wastewater... Um, this is certainly a direction that we need to move in whatever planet we're on. I mean, I saw I saw images of the of the I'll call it a capsule. I think. Um, how big is it? The, sorry, the habitat. Yes, it's habitat. So <laughs> at the moment we are at the moment we are a company that has been designing and building pods in Antarctica for a number of years. So they've yes. got experience with that. So we've got one of their 
what would have been a luxury two-man chalet, two-person chalet, yes. which is now going to be a specific outpost for four people. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is Iteration Zero, um, and uh, we'll be expanding and looking at joining these pods, looking at building bigger versions, ah. etc. Um, so this is our, our first iteration um, at the Science Center currently. It's a 4.8-meter diameter space. Jeez. Okay. Adriana, I'm going to ask if we take calls, if you don't mind, because I'm sure other people have other questions. I have more questions, but let's just open the lines up on 0891-104-207. Dr. Adriana Murray is my guest. And just to give you a sense of what she does, okay, she, she holds an MSc in quantum cryptocurrency cryptography, a PhD in quantum biology. And I think that's it leads to, to what she's been discussing now, being able to, for instance, grow food and those kind of things um, generate energy in very extreme conditions. And that's the kind of thing you would be able to do, for instance, in Mars. But bringing it closer to home, she's also saying that even in, in, on Earth, we are struggling to make food available at, at a, an affordable rate, for instance. We are struggling to make power available um, for, many, for many people. So these kind of things and technologies make it very possible for us to adapt some of the, the work that she's doing for other planets for us here at home. Adriana, thank you so much for staying with us. But I'm also interested in what you're studying currently with the University of Cape Town. And that is teen dynamics in extreme environments. So just to put it in a nutshell, it's basically you studying what would happen to humans who come together as professionals because there would be a team, right, that would be put together to build this dream. Somebody who is going to help with food, somebody who understands energy, somebody, all those different skills. They come together as professionals, but ultimately would have to habit together and start a society, in a sense. Because if they were to go to Mars, you're not coming back. Yeah, greatly put. Uh, let me address that first. So, in fact, uh, the Mars One project proposed a one-way mission to cut costs. But unfortunately, they have, in spite of cutting costs, declared bankruptcy. Yes. So, we're moving along from that Mars. Yes, yes. SpaceX is building a return trip, so we're looking more at contracts and Perhaps uh, several years it would be spent. You know, it would be like going to Antarctica if we're looking for parallels. Perhaps mm-hmm. we know people who've spent the winter there. Um, so as exactly as you put it, um, we would be building a new society. So thinking about my skill set, and thank you for uh, acknowledging my potential expertise in the power and the energy, but, you know, being a theoretical quantum physicist at the end of the day might make you fairly useless in a practical experiment. <laughs> when you're a theorist, in theory, you're good at a lot of things. When something engineer, when somebody's sick, you're going to need a doctor. So what I'm trying to do here is expanding my skills besides, you know, theoretically understanding highly efficient uh, solar energy acquisition and uh, indoor agriculture is trying to make myself the most qualified person on the planet for the job. And having a social aspect to my expertise is certainly going to be crucial, perhaps even more crucial than understanding the technology mm-hmm. would be understanding the team dynamics, as you rightly uh, pointed out. So the kinds of things we're looking at are it's a resource-constrained environment. Mm-hmm. It could be an isolated environment and an extreme environment. And some of you might be thinking, there's some parallels of space exploration with what I've been going COVID-19. through the last few months yeah. during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> so well, 
training um, for for space. Um, we'll, we'll send your applications for shortly. No, many of most of us will stay on the planet, but for those of us planning to leave, some training in understanding ourselves <laughs> and our reactions to extreme environments, but also understanding how we can uh, assist teams of people and others um, to be their best selves in extreme environments is the objective here. So we're looking at the technology, we're looking at how the people interface with that technology um, and how to do uh, selection processes, so what kinds of people um, can yes. predict will do well in these kind of conditions. But importantly, I think it's the cohesion and the team spirit. And these things are difficult to predict, easy to see when something's going well or when something's mm. not going well. But how can we gain more knowledge on that so that we can predict these things before they uh, become, you know, meltdown situations <laughs> within, within the team? So those are the kinds of factors we are looking at. Um, but I think uh, encouraging community spirit, you know, inculcating and developing and maintaining and celebrating a sense of community, a sense of togetherness, a sense of collaboration, even in the most extreme environments imaginable. I think this is really a, a very fundamental human um, aspiration, a very fundamental human quality, in fact, that we all have some experience with, not on Mars, perhaps, yeah. but certainly here on Earth. Yeah, because I'm listening to what you're saying, and, and one could equate, you know, obviously it sounds quite extreme, but, but we, we, we are a society that doesn't live in cohesion. And, and oftentimes it's attributed to the pressures that people feel, you know, when somebody doesn't either have an income or whatever the case may be, whether there's war or whatever. Mm. Surely some of these lessons can be learned about how we can teach humanity to have certain kind of qualities that are going to help us live together better. Because in as, in as much as we feel like Earth is big, it's also a capsule in a way. Yeah, and I think uh, how people respond under pressure, and we have to admit that some some of the conditions in which people are living here on Earth are far more extreme than what we would mm. expect on Mars. Mm. You know, people suffer a lot. That's kind of been part of our history as humanity. Um, what we should uh, probably start to think about going forward is how can we work together better, as you say, than we have perhaps done until now. And I see that kind of two ways that people respond to the tough uh, economic conditions and, and uh, healthcare considerations, et cetera, of this uh, lockdown that we're in now. And they're one of two ways, you know, people either band together even more tightly as a community to support each other, to celebrate each other, to help each other, or we or see, which I find terrible, yeah, people yeah. bringing each other down. Yeah. Um, I think we have to acknowledge that we're not going to get anywhere, anywhere like that. I mean, there's no such thing as a single living organism and there's no such thing as an individual that can thrive alone. Only through who we come from, our networks, the people who support us around us um, and uh, the next generations. You know, we're all in this together. So the sooner we acknowledge that and start celebrating each other, helping each other and working together, um, the sooner we can, you know, work towards uh, a future that we can all be proud of. It, it's fascinating. And I'm wondering what, what your studies are starting to reveal, because I can only imagine, right, in a place where, for instance, let's say water is a very important commodity, surely power dynamics also come into that kind of space, right? So if you've only got one person who is the expert in converting air into water and there's only limited resources and limited water, there's a power dynamic there that comes into play. Certainly, and uh, I'm seeing parallels with, with, a, with a government that mm. sort of uh, manages basic infrastructure like access to power and water mm. and communication systems um, and the power dynamic that exists there. Mm. And uh, let me not uh, get too far down the controversial path. <laughs> 
um, away from the, the grand vision for humanity that we're talking about here. But I think it's time for us to take things back into our own hands. I think within each community, there will be people who have up. What can we give examples of? A solar array, a wastewater management plant, perhaps just a set of JoJo's, an indoor agriculture set up in the, in the rooftop of an abandoned building or in the basement. There are plenty of spaces where we can start to think about community projects where we are providing the basic resources that we need in order to have time to sit back and dream about the grand goals that we have for our lives and our societies. We need to cater for these basic requirements. So I think more and more... Um, space exploration uh, can inspire us how, but we need to be more resource efficient yeah. and start to think about local resilience in terms of our food production, in terms of our water and our water management um, and our power, which yeah. is increasingly possible with technology. So how can we use emerging technologies to become more resource efficient and more sustainable and resilient from a local perspective? I think this is an important direction. How long would the Antarctica experiment be be around for? Because one of the things I would also imagine is, you know, as you said, interpersonal relationships, um, conflict resolution. So you can't get rid of somebody. Society in the mm. current form can send somebody to jail, for instance, right? A problematic person, somebody who becomes problematic, you, you cannot get get rid of them. They are part of your community. They're there, stuck with you. How long will that, your your your, your experiment be, be around for? Yeah, good question. So somebody asked me, how many straight jackets will you be taking <laughs> for your team of 10? Nine. <laughs> wow. Presuming the one person is going to put them yes. on the yeah. Anyway. So I think I think what we have to look for once you're in an arts, as I've indicated, you are stuck there for around eight months. So sure. you're going to have to learn to deal with those issues. Yeah. Um, an important lesson applicable to any scenario, but in particular in that extreme environment. Yeah. Um, but I think what to focus on on the flip side is how to prevent this kind of scenario. Yeah. And by focusing, uh, I think a good focus there is on unity of purpose. So when you are forming teams, collaborative uh, engagements in order to work towards a certain goal, um, to have a, a unity of vision is really crucial. So whether that's as a country or as a company or, or as a family, um, to have some common goal that you all believe in and that is a, a, a view with a vision with integrity that, that really means something to all of the people there. I think this is a great starting point and an indispensable starting point to have that common vision and have that discussion um, underway first. What is our vision and how, how is this um, part of our, our unified goal? I think then it becomes easier to address uh, emergent disagreements and deviations from unity, which of course emerge. But I think if we if we have a platform, a, a fundamental goal with, to to return to that we've all agreed is meaningful and good um, from the outset, then I think that can be um, a saving grace <laughs> to to save conflict. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I think there's simple ways that we all know about. Um, maybe we haven't been able to until recently, but going outside for a walk, going for a run, clearing one said before you know, making an argument worse. So exercise is a, a crucial part. Getting some fresh air, I think, is a crucial and very natural but basic requirement, especially even on the space station. We see um, hours of exercise allocated to astronauts, both for physical reasons but also psychological. Um, a balanced diet, of course, you know, we you know uh, hang, hanger can kick in at some point. So uh, seeing to basic requirements like your physical condition or eating enough healthy food or drinking enough water, etc., Brewing some beer on a Friday, <laughs> I would say, is not going to be something we're going to... Especially our expertise uh, on pineapple concoctions during the lockdown. 
So I think people have got to have a bit of fun together also. So community spirit certainly does consist in working together, but also relaxing together and having fun, whatever that might mean. Karaoke Fridays or a bake-off or a (laughs) cooking evening. Um, I think those are all very basic but very necessary aspects of a a well-functioning team. Dr. Adriana Murray, she is definitely proudly human. I'll give you all those details, how you can follow her journey and all these amazing experiments into different planets and, and what it is that it would take for us to survive in extreme conditions like Mars, for instance. Let's go to the very latest in headlines with Jelena Tulu at one thirty.